Thank you for listening and subscribing to the Anchor Church podcast. It is our desire at the Anchor to provide a place for you to know God, find freedom, discover your God-given purpose, and ultimately make a difference in the world around you. Each week, the Anchor podcast features Sunday sermons. You can follow along in this podcast episode and read the sermon notes on our website by visiting theanchor.me. Now, let's get into the Word. Good morning, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us for another Anchor at Home. We're so pleased that you could be with us this morning. I want to jump right into the Word. We're going to be reading today out of the book of Revelation, starting in chapter 3 and at verse 15. It says, I know your works. You're neither cold nor hot. Would that you were either cold or hot. So because you're lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. Verse 17, for you say, I'm rich, I've prospered, I need nothing, not realizing that you are wretched, pitiable, poor, blind, and naked. Verse 18, I counsel you to buy from me gold refined by fire so that you may be rich and white garments so that you may clothe yourself and the shame of your nakedness may not be seen and salve to anoint your eyes so that you may see. Closing in verse 19, to those whom I love, I reprove and discipline. So be zealous and repent. So what's going on here? Some of you may know this passage. This is being written to the church in Laodicea. And what had happened was we have a church that on the outward appearance looks very prosperous, looks like you know a lot of great things are going on, yet God says, starts out in verse 15, just come straight to it. I know your works. I know what's going on. People see what's happening, but I know the truth. You don't burn for me, but you haven't necessarily turned your back on me. You're just kind of there. You're lukewarm. So as such, I, I want to just spit you out of my mouth. I mean, think about it. Think about like you, you've had this cup of coffee, right? Or, or some, some hot drink that you really love, whether it be tea or whatever, and you just can't wait. You know, it's a cold day and you're about ready to go and take a, a, a nice, refreshing, hot sip of this coffee or drink or whatever it is, right? And you go and you, you go to take a sip of it and it's lukewarm and it's just, you were not expecting it. It was disgusting. And you're like, oh my goodness, I, I can't believe, oh, oh my goodness. You know, it's the same kind of thing. God was saying, I, I see you. I see what's going on. You know, he closes at the end of this passage in verse 19 saying that, you know, I love you. And because I love you, I'm going to reprove you and I'm going to discipline you just like a father to bring correction to a church that had begun to lose their way. And so he said, be zealous, repent. So this isn't God saying I've written you off, but saying basically, look, I see some things going on right here. We need to come. I need to come strong and I need to do some course correction here. And how does God do this? How does God counsel them? He says, you say you're rich, but what I encourage you to do, what I counsel you to do, the very first thing he tells them is to get gold refined by fire. Now, again, this was a church that was very prosperous and it obviously probably knew what it was to have a few pieces of gold in the coffers. Yet God is telling them, there's some gold that you need to get from me. So why would this gold make them rich? What is the difference? Well, it's the fact that it says it's gold refined by fire. And I want to talk to us today about being refined. So what we're going to talk about is gold in its various states. We're going to jump right into this. And hopefully by the end of it, God will bring some truth to all of us. So the first thing we want to talk about is gold in its unrefined state. 
So just imagine with me for a second, you know, you're back in school and you're learning about the gold rush, right? And you have all of these prospectors thinking about that. Whenever they came to California looking for gold, they'd call them panhandlers. And, you know, sometimes it's easy to kind of get this idea of, you know, what it must have been like, right? You know, but these guys didn't come down here and take, you know, out of the ground bars that looked like they just came out of Fort Knox. Gold in its unrefined state is very, very different from what we may think that pure gold or a bar of gold looks like. Whenever gold is mined from the ground, it is a mixture of not only lots of metals inside of it, but also around it. It's built up with um, sediment and other types of rocks and everything, and it has to be mined from the ground, and it's pretty busted looking whenever you first take it out of the ground. And so what happens is that can make it something very strong. You know, if you took it out of the ground and a bunch of different things and you held it in your hand, it, it, it's pretty strong. It's a strong compound. But gold is also known as a precious metal. There's several different metals that fall into this class, and when something is a precious metal, that means in its refined state, it has a lot of value. So if you take it out of the ground and you look at it, yeah, oh man, I have gold, I have gold, I have gold, but what you have right now is something that is very unrefined. It's very strong, but as a precious metal, it is far from what it needs to be. So you may have heard this before, 10 karat gold, 14 karat gold, 18 karat, 24 karat gold. Those are the common standards that measure in the carat scale of gold's purity. And what that means is basically out of 24 parts being the most pure, nearly 100% pure, that's 24 karat gold. So if you take a step down, you have 18 parts out of 24 and then 14 out of 24 and 10, right? So that's the common things that we have heard, the most common explanations for 10 karat, 14 karat, 18 and 24. It's a level of purity. It measures the purity of the gold that you have in your possession. And so what that basically means is if you have something that is 10 karat gold, yes, it is gold by definition. It has, those, it has some of those impurities that have been removed from it, but it has not entirely been purged of all the impurities. Okay, it still has quite a bit. It still has 14 parts out of 24 that are still impure. Is it gold? Yes. But is it as pure as it can be? No, it's not. And so on and so forth, up from 14 and 18 going up to 24. And as gold reaches these levels, it has different qualities about it. It, it changes the look of it. It changes the strength of it. And we're going to get into that a little bit later. Now, I thought this was something that was very interesting. There is now something called one carat gold. Now, I, you know, coming up, never really heard of that, but apparently now there is a carrot called one carrot. And basically what it is, is um, you are now allowed to call something gold as long as it contains one carrot. So one part out of 24 worth of gold. And most jewelers and, and gold experts say this is nothing more than a way to market something as gold while being significantly cheaper. There's so much truth in that whenever we look at the prospect of being refined by God. God wants to take us, and that's what he was telling the Laodicean church. I don't want you to have gold that's just, you know, whatever. You can get by on it. It's something, but it's got a lot of impurities. I want you to get gold from me that is refined in the fire, that is pure, that is like I am. You know, to not just come and say, oh, I've got something that meets the bare minimum requirement. Yeah, technically it's gold, but I mean, there is really nothing inside of it that really makes gold except for like one little tiny part. That has no value. It's very cheap. And that is not what God was trying to speak to the church at Laodicea or us today. You know, the Laodicean church, they had become confident in their own strength. And as such, their confidence and their dependence on God had waned. 
and also as a result, their passion for him. You know, it's very easy for us to find ourselves, even as believers, in a place where we have to recognize our need for him. We can become so easily like the Laodicean church. We've, we've hit a spot where things are going good and things are going well, and it's very easy to begin to coast and to relax in those victories from yesterday, or even what we've obtained from it and go, you know, I, things are going pretty good. You know, I've, 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 I've racked up some points for myself, so to speak, and you know, God, I love you, but you know, maybe I don't need to go as hard as I have been because you know what? Things are going pretty good. When we reach that place, we can find ourselves very easily in a spot just like the Laodicean church. We're not cold to God, but we're not hot to him as well. We're not, we're not burning with that same passion. And many times when we find ourselves in that place, God will come and say, we've got some course correcting that we need to do before you find yourself in a place where you are cold. God had challenged them to get gold from him, gold that was completely pure and had been refined because though they were outwardly rich in him, they'd become destitute. Outwardly, they looked like they were hot, on fire and doing everything right. But internally, God knew the difference and their hearts just weren't in it. So let's just put ourselves in that place. You know, we're the Laodicean church and we've gotten that word from the Lord. So we've decided, oh my goodness, yes, something's got to change. Well, the process has to happen. So on that note, we're going to take a look at the second step of gold. And that is gold going from being unrefined to gold in the process, right? Now, some of you have heard that word before. Process can always be kind of a scary word. But whenever we're going to look at it from the standpoint of being going from a state of being unrefined to refined, it's absolutely necessary. So if you don't know anything about how gold is refined, I'm going to break it down in the simplest. There's obviously lots of chemical and scientific and, and all types of different processes. But to break it down to its base form, gold ore is put in something called a crucible and it is superheated until it begins to liquefy. And so as that gold is heated and begins to liquefy, those impurities inside of it begin to come to the top in a substance known as dross. And so what dross is, is just a word that basically means it's the impurities, it's what is not gold that is beginning to separate from the gold and rise to the top. Now, after that begins to happen and the dross begins to rise to the top, it's separated from the gold. The gold is stirred up again and the process continues until what happens? There's no more dross that comes to the top. So I want you to look at something. If within that process, the dross is not removed whenever we see it and it comes to the top, what's going to happen? If the fire gets turned down and it's not removed, it's going to settle back into the gold and as the gold begins to harden again, it's going to remain inside and it's going to continue to keep that gold at its level until what happens? Until the next time the heat gets turned up. You know, you may have heard this phrase before. Man, I feel like I keep going around the same mountain over and over and over again. Well, one of the places that comes from is the children of Israel. In the book of Deuteronomy chapter 2, verse 3, God tells them, You have been traveling around this mountain country long enough. Turn northward. So what is happening at this point is the children of Israel had spent 40 years in the wilderness trying to get to the promised land. 40 years in the wilderness, not growing now, obviously, God had been providing for them every single day, but they were in the same routine going around this mountain country over and over and over again, making no progress. And God had told them that it was time to press on. Now, we're going to go back to that word process. Process 
It's difficult, to put it mildly. But no one wants to get the heat turned up in their lives, And but it's necessary. It's necessary to see what's inside and to get it out if we're willing to let the process do just that. Several weeks ago, Pastor Quentin preached a message called The Purpose and the Value of Our Trials. And I want to use a verse that he used in there as well. In the book of James, chapter 1, starting at verse 2, it says, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. I think it's safe to say that over these last number of months, we have been going through trials. Some of us have been having different levels of trials. Some have been going through more. Some have been going through less. But no matter, the heat has been turned up. We have been going through it. There have been trials. There have been testings. There have been things going on in our lives. And I'll I'll start with myself. I'll be the first person to raise my hand. There have been things in this bar of gold that have risen to the top. There have been things that God has been challenging me and no doubt many of us watching on during this time of of heat being turned up. Now, does that mean that that God causes and, and God's brought the calamity? No, we live in a fallen world and things are going on. But God will use what he has to if we are willing to allow ourselves to go through his process. And just like that gold that is being refined, the gold that he told the church at Laodicea, I want you to get the purest gold. I want you to get gold from me, gold that is pure. The only way that gold gets to its purest form is to go through the fire. And whenever we find ourselves going through the fire, we find ourselves, oh man, I keep going around the same mountain. I I feel like I keep going around and I keep having to deal with these same things over and over again. Maybe it's because whenever the heat gets turned up and we see these things come to the top in our lives, we recognize them, we see them, but we maybe don't want to deal with them. I mean, think about it. Let's, let's take it to the illustration of gold. If gold is liquid, it's, 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 it's sitting there. It's uncomfortable. It's so uncomfortable that it's begun to melt. And now on top of that, it's got junk coming up to the surface. Oh, I don't like this. I don't like what I see. I don't like this at all. And then all of a sudden someone comes and takes a, takes a spoon or an apparatus and begins to take that dross out of there and begins to, you know, you're already sitting there stirred, you know, and, and hot and melted. And then somebody wants to come and scrape things off the top of you. That's uncomfortable. And then on top of that, then they stir it up so that more dross can come to the top. I mean, who wants to go through that? Nobody. Nobody likes to go through discomfort and the heat being turned up in their lives. But if we want to have that dross pulled out of us, if we want to be purified, if we want to be refined, then we have to allow the trials and we have to allow those things to have its perfect work. Just like verse four says, we have to be steadfast so that it has its full effect that we might be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Trials, problems, heat, they test, but they also help produce a refining, a purifying, creating you, creating me, creating us as a refined gold that God can use. And that takes us to the last part, which is gold in its refined state. Here's an interesting thing. 24 karat gold, gold that is pure, totally pure of impurities, you know, it's, it's actually quite soft and it's marked very easily. It's a very interesting thing. As the impurities and as the different metals that are inside of it and as the stone and other things that is broken away from it and as it's refined, gold as it reaches its purest form becomes very, very soft. And, uh, but here's the interesting thing. It will not tarnish nearly as easily 
and it is extremely valuable. Gold that is less pure is stronger on its own, like going back to the church at Laodicea, but it's due to the fact that it still has other things inside of it. You know, a lot of times for engagement rings or certain jewelry, they won't use 24 karat gold because it's so soft it can be, if it's hid, it, 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 it can be easily bent and that kind of thing. So whereas you have something that is still valuable, like an 18 karat gold, and that is used because it's stronger, but it's only stronger because it still has latent impurities and other elements and other compounds inside of it. Gold that is less pure, like we just said, it's stronger on its own, but it's due to that fact. God desires to purify us, to have a pure treasure within us that He protects, that He surrounds, and that He can use. Think about that. You know, take it back, you know, the, to the gold rush, right? Or, you know, you have, a, you have somebody who's gotten a bunch of gold. Well, let's take it and it's already been purified, right? You know, what happens whenever someone has a gold treasure? What do they do with it? They put it inside of a treasure box, right? And if we have gold bars, I made mention of Fort Knox earlier, where is that kept? That is kept in a secure walled room. And it's the same thing with God. It's, it's the fact that as we become more pure, yes, we become more soft, but we're not going to be as easily tarnished. And God is the one that is going to come and surround us. Think about that. Yes, as we are purified, we become softer. We don't become weaker, but we become more soft as, you know, as we are the gold that is purified. But then when we realize that, let's take it back to the word picture, right? You have a, a bar of gold. Well, that bar of gold just isn't kept in, you know, it, it's not kept out. We don't, you know, keep it in our pockets. What are, where is it? It is placed in a safe. It is placed where something strong surrounds it. You know, you have pirate's treasure, pirate's gold. Where was that put? That was put inside of something that was strong and surrounded it. And so then as God desires to purify us, to have a pure treasure within us, He protects it, He surrounds it, and it's something that He can use. I want to close with this passage of Scripture and, and one more story from the Word of God. In the book of 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 11, Paul, writing to Timothy, says, Only Luke is with me. Get Mark and bring him with you, for he is useful to me for ministry. Other translations, instead of using the word useful, they say he is profitable to me for ministry. So what's happening in that verse is there was a young man named John Mark that Paul and another apostle had brought with them on their missionary journeys. And because of different things, Mark began to want to pull away and not continue on his missionary journey with Paul. And so that caused a rift between Paul and this young man named John Mark. So much so that Barnabas, who also had been traveling with Paul, it caused a rift in them and they no longer traveled together. Yet we see down the line, something happened in Mark. Something changed in Mark. So that now Paul, not only saying, you know, uh, Mark and I have mended our relationship, but also now I want you to go get him for me. Bring him with you because he has become profitable to me for ministry. What had happened there was a refining process. You know, you look at it this way. Maybe John Mark had started out as 10 karat gold. There was that inside of him, but something, those impurities, something continued to pull at him. Something continued to work on him so that he didn't want to continue on. He didn't want to continue to do what God had called him to do. And then he'd reached a place where he was like, you know, ah, my heart's just not in this. Yet what we see is over time, there had been a refining. There had been a process to now that there was greater kingdom value in him to where Paul said, man, I see what is happened in this young man's life. God's repaired our relationship. There's been restoration. Man, go get him. I'm, I'm ready for him to come back and let's get back to doing some ministry together. Paul and Mark had been reconciled and through that process, kingdom value had increased. 
So as we allow God to refine us, removing the junk, removing the impurities from our hearts and our minds, we become purer through each step of the process. We, we also, as I said earlier, we become softer, not weaker, but look at it this way. We don't become rigid and unwilling. God wants to come in and say, I wanna be able to mold you. I wanna be able to shape you. I don't want you to be so stiff-necked and where you're not teachable and where I can't use you. As you allow me to purify you, you become soft in my presence and something I can use. And we see through that process that our strength is not found in ourselves, but our strength is found in Him, not in our own efforts or our own understanding, but Him. And as we allow Him to continue this process in our lives, we see more and more and more what? That our worth is found in Him as we are refined and we are made valuable for His kingdom. Church, let's not resist the process. I pray today that we continue to allow God to refine us into that pure gold that He can use for His kingdom purposes. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank You so much that You love us, God. You love us enough, even as You said, Lord, in that passage in Revelation, Lord, that You love us, and that is why, God, You correct us and You instruct us, God, because You want us, God, like a loving Father, to stay on that right path. And so I thank You for that love. I thank You for that great love. Lord, You, you loved us so much that You sent Your Son to die to forgive us of our sins. And God, You continue that process, Lord, once we accept Christ in our hearts, Lord, of continually refining us and making us more like You. God, in these days that we have seen so much um, so much trial and, and so many things, God, it's so easy for us to see junk come to the top and Lord, in our own efforts and our own strength to just go, oh, I'll just deal with it later. But God, you want to come like a loving father and take that stuff and say, let me deal with it. Let me get this out of your life so you can be that much pure and that much more valuable for my kingdom. Because God, that is why you saved us. Not just to be bumps on a log, God, but to be useful for your kingdom. So today, God, we say, Lord, we know it's not easy. Easy, God, we, we don't want to just be able to bring it on, God, but Lord, we recognize, we recognize, God, that through your process, through your refining, God, we become the sons and the daughters of the King, pure gold refined by the fire, useful for your kingdom, profitable for your kingdom. And so, Jesus, we say today, have your way in our lives. Let us not resist, but God, let us submit to your work. And it's in that name, above all names, Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. Well, thank you so much again for joining us today for Anchor at Home. We look forward to seeing you next week. God bless. Thank you for joining us today. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram for encouragement in your walk with God and to receive updates on events happening at The Anchor. Have a great week and God bless. God bless.